Hey, Airbnb hosts, Natalie here. You already hear me every Wednesday on No Vacancy, the podcast, but I've decided to add a bonus episode at the last Friday of every month called Airbnb Advice Column. Every month, I'll ask you to submit your questions, pick three to five that I think most of you could benefit from, and those will go in here. So sit back, enjoy this monthly bonus episode, and thank you for writing in your questions to Airbnb Advice Column. XOXO, Natalie. Happy Friday and welcome back to another episode of Airbnb Advice Column, our first one of 2024. Uh, I've got four questions lined up for you today, so let's just run right through these. First off, we have Melinda who said, I am confused on which insurance I need as a co-host. Should I get proper insurance? Okay, so two types of insurance that you need. One is as a homeowner and then another would be as a co-host or if you're doing arbitrage. Very, very different, okay? Proper is going to replace your homeowner's insurance, okay? Proper insurance is short-term rental insurance that will replace your normal homeowner's policy. And they have all these extra contingencies and stuff that cover short-term rental operations. That is for the homeowner. As a co-host, that would not apply to you. What you want to get to protect yourself as a co-host is just some sort of like general liability insurance, okay? Essentially, Proper insurance or any sort of short-term rental policy for the homeowner is there to insure the home, right? So if some sort of damage happens to the property, that's what they're filing for. You as the co-host, you don't, you don't own that property. You don't have an asset to insure. So what you want to protect, it's not homeowner's insurance you need. It is you want to protect your co-host business and you want to protect yourself. So if a guest were to have like a slip and fall or something like that, they are probably not going to sue the co-host. They're probably going to go after the homeowner. More likely, they're going to go after Airbnb or Verbo or the booking platform where they were booked where they can really get a fat cash payout, okay? You as the co-host, I mean, I don't know, you you might take the fall for it, but realistically, you as the co-host, it's very unlikely that you're going to be sued by a guest. More than likely, what would happen is the co-host is at risk of being sued if the relationship goes south, you're more at risk of being sued by the owner. So if something happens where, I don't know, the place wasn't properly cleaned or something like that, and you had to give a refund on an entire week-long reservation over 4th of July or some really expensive stays, the homeowner could maybe come after you for saying that you've been negligent in your job and that you're costing them money. That's what you want general liability insurance for. Okay. Or if there's something like, if a cleaner were to get injured on the job or a handyman or something like that, they could come after the business, which involves you. So that's what you want to pay attention to. You do not need homeowner's insurance. Proper is not going to cover you here. So just get general liability insurance to protect your LLC that you have as a co-host and that business. And I would encourage you as a co-host to educate the homeowner that you're working with, educate your clients that they should get proper insurance. If you cannot get proper, I wish I could, but proper will not insure my home because we are in a fire risk area. Go through Steadily Insurance instead. They are not an actual insurer, but they are a landlord-friendly broker that will pair you up. So those are my two recommendations for you. And that would be, I would say that as a co-host, that's your job to educate the homeowner to get one of those policies in place but you as the co-host do not need that. Cora asked how to know how much my extra guest fee on Airbnb should be. 
Okay, Cora, I do not charge an extra guest fee. I personally am not a fan of it. The setting is there on Airbnb. So if you want to, you absolutely can take advantage of that feature. But let me just tell you my experience with the extra guest fee and why we've done away with it. So quick preface for this, for anyone who doesn't know what the extra guest fee is, let's say that your home can sleep up to 10 people, but really you want to mostly host groups of six. Let's say that in order for you to get 10 people, there's two pullout sofas involved, and that involves extra laundry. Uh, Your cleaner has to pull out extra toilet paper, different supplies. There's more wear and tear on the property, yada, yada, yada. So what you can do is advertise your listing for 10 people, but put in where anything over six guests, up to 10 people, so guests seven, eight, nine, or 10, would incur an extra guest fee. So up to six people, whatever the regular nightly rate is, plus cleaning fee, that gets charged, and then anything over that incurs an extra guest fee. And you can decide if you want that to be $50 per person, $100 per person, whatever feels good to you. I will tell you why I did away with it. We did use the extra guest fee in our early days of hosting, and we found that most guests were lying about the number of people that they were bringing. It seemed like people would see the extra line item for the two additional people that they wanted to bring and decide to go in and edit that guest count so that they could pay the lower rate. And what was frustrating was that my cleaner would then show up and say, hey, clearly more people stayed here. There's way more cleaning than I had anticipated. If I knew this, I would have brought my backup cleaner with me or would have brought my assistant, but I assumed this was a one-person job. We had a couple instances where we only put out enough towels and supplies for four people and then six would show up. And we actually had a couple cases where guests, it was very evident that they were trying to break into our owner supply closet, trying to get more towels and more supplies out. It caused like damaged locks and different things like that. And we just got sick of it. And we decided in the end that the transparency of knowing accurately how many people were coming was way more worth it to us than any extra fee we could collect for extra guests. Frankly, we weren't even getting those extra fees because everybody was lying about it. So we completely did away with it. And now what I do is I treat every single reservation like our max is coming. It's just easier for me. So many guests will book your place. Let's say you can sleep 10 people. So many guests are going to book your place and originally maybe only have six people in the group. And then by the time the dates come up, they realize like, oh, we were actually able to get a couple other couples to join in. We're going to add them. They are not even paying attention to the fact that you have an extra guest fee. They don't even see that option. They originally only entered for six people, but they remember that the place could sleep up to 10. Now they're going to go add that extra guest and be pissed that there's a fee that they weren't expecting. They might not even tell you, right? They might just bring the extra people and not even see the fee, but now you're unprepared for that stay. My recommendation, I think it makes it so much easier. Just treat every single reservation like it's going to go up to the max that you advertise for. Leave out enough towels, supplies, and everything for that. Just tell your cleaner to assume every single reservation is the max amount of people. And if the cleaner walks in to find that it's fewer people and they used fewer bedrooms, great. That's a nice surprise, but at least that way she's not overwhelmed to find the opposite, right? I would rather that my cleaner go in assuming that 10 people stayed and then only saw six then the reverse, walk in thinking six and then find out that 10 people have been there. So that's my tip for you. If you still want to do the extra guest fee and I haven't talked to you out of it, that feature is there. It's there for a reason. So go ahead and use it if you still want to. I would basically determine that price 
based on what other local listings are doing. So go on to Airbnb, search comparative listings to yours with different guest counts, and try to figure out what that extra guest fee is and go from there. And I will tell you, if you're not seeing any of the listings have an extra guest fee, maybe that's a sign you shouldn't do it. If this is not a common thing for your area at all, probably not a good idea to be the one listing that comes in with extra fees and makes it harder for bigger groups to book. But if you see that every other comparable listing has the extra guest fee and that's just standard practice for your market, go for it and just copy the pricing that they're doing. Also, you can consult your cleaner on this and ask for her input on how much extra she would want to be paid for additional people if having four more people means an entire extra load of laundry. Is that going to take her an extra hour of time? How much does she charge for an extra hour of time? Bake that into the extra guest fee that you're charging. Tammy said, I am so over air cover. My last few experiences with them have been awful. Any tips on how to make the air cover process more streamlined? Tammy, boy, do I feel you. Air cover has gone to absolute shit. I am really disappointed in it because I used to be a huge air cover stan. I feel like it was so easy to just upload the proof of what went wrong, throw in the receipts of what you need refunded. Done done. You didn't have to talk to a single person. Like They approved it. Easy. Lately, it is just so dependent on which customer service agent that you get, which support ambassador you get to talk to. It is very demoralizing. I actually just had a case where we had a guest who, after they checked out, there was a bunch of random things missing. Our coffee pot, Brita filter, the microwave dish, the glass dish that spins in the microwave, blanket, a damaged coffee table. It took like two weeks to get this claim through. And when they finally approved it, they only paid out, I think, like 80 or 90 percent of what I requested because they said that the items had depreciated. They said that because the Brita filter was like two years old, it had depreciated. And instead of me being able to request the whole $20 to buy a new Brita filter, they only reimbursed me $16 because it had depreciated $4 in the two years. Depreciation should not count if the item went missing, right? Like if the Brita filter had started leaking and it was actually like old and deteriorating and that's why I needed it replaced, sure, bring up depreciation. Like at that point, the Brita filter was worth less than when we bought it because it would have been not functioning properly. To me, the Brita filter was still worth 100% what I bought it for. Like, come on, depreciation, the item was stolen. I still had to pay 20 bucks to replace it. I don't care about depreciation. Okay, anyway. So yeah, air cover, I agree with you. It's it really went downhill. I don't think it's as reliable. And you gotta fight now to get anything back. And you're also risking pissing off the guests. Because I went through that whole claim, I got a one-star review from that guest. We are working on getting it removed. But it's like you have to wonder if I only got paid back 80% of the entire claim, was it even worth it to get that one-star review? Super frustrating. I do have a solution for you. I would start using Wavo, W A I V O. They are a sister company of Proper Insurance, who we talked about earlier this episode. Wavo is a really, really cool product, you guys, where essentially you can figure out the amount of coverage that you want. I don't have the pricing off the top of my head, but it's something like 
for $20 per reservation, I think you'll get up to like $1,500 in damage protection. For $28, you get like $2,000 in protection. For $35, you get $3,500. I'm, I'm like butchering these numbers. I tried to go on their website before I recorded this and like look for a pricing guide and I can't find it. But the bottom line is that you can add this line item, you know, fee or whatever, or just bake it into your nightly rate per reservation. You pay Wavo for, you know, this $20, uh, between $20 to like $47 per reservation. I think that that's the price range. And you'll get anywhere from $1,500 to like $10,000 in coverage per reservation. So just depending on the size of the property and how much you want to cover, that's how you can decide which price tier you want to do. They are fabulous. You your guest will never be notified, which is great because that's the problem with air cover is that you have to go through this claim first, which risks taking off the guests. Your guest does not need to be notified. You literally just submit your claim to Wavo about the damage and they will respond to you within 24 hours and cover whatever's broken. So, you know, broken coffee table or something like your guest doesn't even need to be notified about it. You don't risk that bad review. You just send it off. The process is so streamlined and it is now that air cover is so much flakier than it used to be, unfortunately, because I know we all liked this idea that air cover was built in with every Airbnb reservation, but it's just not panning out to be as reliable as we hoped, Wavo is the next best thing I can recommend. It's, it's even better, again, because your guest does not have to be notified that you are pissed off with them or trying to go after a claim. Good news for you guys. Proper is one of our premier sponsors at Level Up Your Listing Summit, and they've actually added on a bonus section to their booth where they will be promoting Wavo since it's a sister company. So you'll get to learn about both brands at Level Up Your Listing Summit and how they work together. Uh, so we're super excited. And I know that their talk is going to go in depth on Wavo coverage as well. So you can really get like a comprehensive picture of the best protection for your property. So Tammy, that is what I'm going to recommend for you instead of air cover. <laughs> And our final question comes from Brooke, who said, I just finished listening to your ADU episode from Wednesday. So good. Thank you. A question for you. You have talked before about how you think it's easier to host from afar. Are you nervous to have guests in your backyard? Yes, I am. Actually, I have talked about this several times. I think it's one of the biggest myths in short-term rentals is that people say you should start with something local to you because it's easier. It's not. It's not. You will be so emotionally attached to that property. You will drive over there for every little thing that the guest needs. I, I really believe that there's nothing easier than making your first property like two to five hours away from you. Like that's the sweet spot that you're you're close enough if you absolutely have to get there when you're just starting out. But it gives you that distance that really forces you to turn this into an actual business and not your 24-7 attention being needed. So Yes, Brooke, I am nervous to have an ADU up and running and have guests in our backyard. I do think, though, because my I've only ever hosted properties that are two hours away from me, I think at this point it's kind of ingrained in me to distance myself a little bit from guests. I don't think that I will. I don't know. Maybe this is naive. I don't think I'll put myself in a position where I am on call to deal with things constantly. It's just not in my nature. I'm very good with boundaries. So I just don't think it's in my nature to like overexpose myself to the guests to where like they think that they can come knock on my back door for every little thing. 
Is that going to happen with some guests? I'm sure, but I do think I'm pretty good with drawing boundaries, personal boundaries like that. Also, the way that we're planning to build the ADU, it will be completely separate. It's a detached garage. We want to build like a fence that separates it from our house. They're going to have their own entrance totally on the side of the house. So we're not really going to see or interact with them except for maybe like in the street where they'll park, you know, and then they'd have to go up around the side of the driveway. So I don't really think this will be an issue. In a weird way, though, I am a little bit excited for it because I am the person who does love to fluff the pillows and spray the air freshener spray and everything. And with my properties being two hours away, I don't get to do that myself. I'll do it in my own home. I love being a homemaker, but I don't don't really get to do that for guests. So I am excited about the pre-check-in process where I get to go and like do the turnovers. I'm planning to not hire a cleaner to start because I do miss cleaning my property. As funny as that sounds, I I do love like the personal touch of getting everything ready. And I do miss that a little bit. So I am excited for that. But yeah, when guests are actually here, I I will limit the interaction with them. I think that's just in my nature. And I don't think I'll have a problem with those boundaries. 